And welcome to the BNI 40 Foot Podcast. Today I have Ronan Kavanagh, and Ronan is our PR communications expert in the chapter. Good morning, Ronan. Good morning, Ailey. So tell me a little bit about your business. Yeah, well, my business is Kavanagh uh, Communications. Um, uh, come January the 16th, actually, uh, that was the day uh, it was registered originally, kind of almost eight years ago now. Um, so Cabinet Communications is, um, I suppose it's a boutique kind of PR communications company. And just to, I suppose, go into the background maybe and identify what's a little bit unique about Cabinet Communications. Um, when I was in school, I was uh, maybe slightly, uh, but not, not excessively, better than average student. But the one thing that stood out in my schooling was, um, I remember we had a program in fourth year, in transition year, called Social Awareness Programme. And I came first in my year in that. It was the best, uh, best I ever was at anything academically in school. And I just, I suppose it kind of shone a light on the fact that I've always loved social issues, social affairs. That's always been my, my interest. It would have been a big uh, interest at home in the house as well. I suppose my family were very involved in community uh, issues. Um, so that kind of translated through. I did a degree in sociology, uh, did a master's in cultural studies, and then I worked in journalism for a period, and uh, I, I ended up at the end of that being social affairs correspondent with the Irish Examiner. Um, so that eventually led into PR, and really my interest in PR has always been in PR, I suppose, as a vehicle um, for promoting um, issues and, um, and, and you know, raising good social issues onto the agenda. Mm. Okay, so that's how you, you, you moved into PR, came through journalism, which is a, a very big advantage, I find, as well, for anybody who has been a journalist. If you go into PR, you understand how journalism works. Would that be correct? Uh, that's, that's absolutely 100% correct in that... Um, uh, sometimes there can be a misconception, I think, that um, people have an expectation of, of people working in PR that their strength at, uh, at delivering media profile is based upon relationships and sort of knowing the journalists and all that kind of stuff. But it actually comes more from, I think, understanding the particular content interests of different publications and also understanding the deadlines and the logistics of the publication. So having worked in the local papers, um, you know, simple things like I used to have to fill a lot of local news. on a th- The paper came out on a Wednesday in the Kerryman, and I used to have to fill a lot of local news on Thursdays and Fridays. So when people contacted me with small kind of bits and pieces and photographs on a Wednesday, it generally got in. And even if it was way more interesting, but they contacted me on a Friday, it didn't get in. So... It's simple things like that. I think when you've worked as a journalist, you understand where the where the journalist is coming from, and that they have pressure to fill space every week, and you you get a sense of what they're after, and it helps massively. Yeah. And people assume, you know, that everybody knows what public relations is, but what is public relations in your opinion? Yeah, I, I in my own head, have broken it down to that that public relations is essentially about ideas and agenda setting, uh, whereas marketing is about selling. Um, so what I mean by that is, for example, if I take a, a client like, uh, which I've done a lot of work with for a long number of years, the Irish Postmasters Union, uh, which did do a very successful deal with them, post and government last year, worth about 54 million uh, of investment in the post office network. So I suppose for years, what we were trying to do with that was to argue that there is a value to to the post office that's more than the purely economic because if you look at post offices in purely economic terms and I think we were successful in terms of setting an agenda or a way of thinking in government 
and on post, and that is what PR is. It's influencing the thinking and the ideas. So look at the nuts and bolts of that project, um, Ronan. I mean, did you sit down with the client and say, what are your messages, how are you going to say it? Did you do, go through all that with them first? Uh, 100%. It's very much the starting point in any uh, PR project, and the most difficult piece of work you'll do is is getting a clear agenda and clear messaging. Uh, most of the time, um, I suppose for sort of human reasons, really, clients are very reluctant to... I find it very difficult to, to achieve clarity in what their message is and, and what, they're, what they're doing. So what I've learned uh, is to be thorough with people at the start on that because once you're very clear on what you're, what you're saying, you just operationalize that then. You tweet it, you press release it, you website it, you do whatever you want to do with it. But if there's confusion among the chairperson, the CEO, you know, what are we trying to do here? It, it kind of wastes energy a bit, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what work project are you most proud of? Yeah, I think uh, there was a particular project that stood out um, which was shortlisted for a National Public Relations Institute Award. It didn't win. I thought it should have. I think I, I, I won a PRII award with a different project, but I thought this project was actually much be- better, and I felt I had put more into it. But it was the first ever all-Ireland, so it was the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, public awareness campaign and palliative care. Um, which is a difficult topic to kind of talk about publicly. Um, it's great, once you dig into it, there's great sensitivity between different groups as to what you can, could, should and wouldn't say. And it was also kind of, I suppose, none of the groups involved, the medics, the representative groups, had ever done a public awareness campaign of palliative care before. And I think th- there was an awful lot of personality management originally, just getting all the groups happy. But we did we did radio adverts, we did press adverts, we did... We got a load of media coverage and we got a phenomenal amount of local radio interviews. I think we nearly hit every local radio station in the country. I wasn't so much familiar with the media landscape in Northern Ireland, but it was brilliant to get an, an opportunity. And literally, I was talking to papers all over Northern Ireland. We were on the BBC. It, it, just, it just took off virally. But I know that behind all of that, I remember I had a big, long project list of 60, 70 things to do. And I, I sort of got to a point with it where everything had been done and ticked and and it went well, and I, yeah, I was delighted with that piece of work, certainly. Right. Now, I know you're based down in Marine Road in Dunleary, yep. but, I mean, you work obviously mainly in Dublin, but I think all over the country. So yep. what are your plans for the future of the business? Yeah, I mean, I, I have been, obviously, at this time of the year, as everybody in their business is thinking about that. Um, it has, bit by bit, been getting busier all the time, which did put a strain on me, I think, and my health a bit. I, was, I constantly was a bit knackered, really, from September to December. So uh, I have Catherine Finnegan, who's, who's joined me. So Catherine is helping me out with the uh, administration side of the business. She's so that's smart all. PA here in she's the smart PA. She's a, she's a member of the 40-foot BNI chapter, and she provides a smart PA or secretarial service, and I found that really, really good. Um, I also have some other colleagues, um, uh, not to mention yourself, uh, Aileen, as a colleague in the communications world, and certainly... I think looking in 2019 to maybe getting a bit of, I suppose, executive or PR support as well and and bringing somebody else on board uh, to help with the work because the overall volume of work, thankfully, is going up uh, bit by bit. Uh, So that's the plan is to maybe expand Mm -hmm. it a little bit, uh, Aileen. But being, you know, being looking at the race as long as well, I don't want to be be too rushed with anything, but at the same time, I don't want to stop the business expanding if that's what Mm -hmm. it's able to do. And that is a challenge, isn't it, with a small company like ours that we have to think about how we expand, but also... So uh, keep oh, it under control as well. Don't get me started. It is the challenge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So BNI is a referral network. It's all about referrals. So for people watching and listening here today, what is your ideal client? Yeah, my, my ideal client is, uh, is two things, I think. It's, it's A, a client that has... 
they're, they're, they're kind of too, they're too small to need a full-time uh, communications person internally. Uh, they maybe have needs three or four times a year, um, but they do have a consistent need at the same time. It's just tiny little bits of work. So it's a kind of representative organisations of different sectors in the health area. For example, I work with the Association of Optometrists. It could be a particular campaign. I spoke to a group called Lymphedema Ireland who wants to do public awareness on lymphedema, a particular health area, in March. So I've agreed a budget and a kind of a four-week campaign with them now for March. So it could be a campaigning group in the health social sector. It could be a representative group. It could be a professional body that has an annual calendar of intents to, to promote their profession and their area and I feel I have you know, built up a good bit of experience in those areas so, so it, it's that, the second thing that's very important for me is that, that the organisation is relatively well organised and I can have one central contact that I deal with where you develop a good relationship with one person and you can just get on with the work rather than you come in as a pure person and you're pulled into a committee of people who can't agree on anything that becomes you know, that, that obviously uh, can be a bit frustrating. So I think, I think uh, the size of the organisation, need of the organisation, and a good relationship with a key person, for me, are things that make it work well. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ron. Now, we know you, you swim in the sea in the 40 foot, and I know you're from Cork. Yep. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> and, uh, and we know that you like music and that you're a musician. So, um, and, and that's part of people getting to know you as well. Mm. Is that's part of the referral network. So... What is your go-to philosophy about life, Rob? Yeah, I, I, have, I have a three-point uh, philosophy, and I'm conscious of the time, so I'll finish on this. So this is the Ronan Kavanagh philosophy that I've held on to for about 20 years now at this stage. And I, and I was thinking about it. I think it still holds up for me. So I think when I look at myself or I look at other people in the world, I think, I think there's three things that we all share. And for me, these are we all want to love, we all want to be loved, and we all want to belong. So... If I can be appreciative of that with other people, hopefully I won't go too far wrong. Thanks, Roland Kavanagh. And with that point, we end this interview with Roland Kavanagh of Kavanagh Communications. You'll find out more at kavanaghcommunications.ie and you'll find out more about the BNI 40 Foot if you Google us at BNI 40 Foot. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Aileen.